This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And Logan, it is time for the final Logan Paulson Bowl of the season. San Francisco, <laughs> the last team that you played for. All five of your NFL teams on this on the schedule yeah. this year. Uh, this is this is the last one. And it's it's in some ways the most meaningful one. Um, you know, yeah. we talk about Kyle Shanahan a lot on this podcast because he was so instrumental uh, to your career, uh, a guy that you have so much respect for, learned so much football from. And so uh, we will get into the San Francisco offense versus the Washington defense and the Washington uh, offense versus this very, very good San Francisco defense coming up, our usual preview type of stuff. But I want to spend a few minutes here off the top of the podcast uh, talking about Kyle and, and your relationship with him and some of the kind of fundamental things that that you learn from him. Because I think you have a, re- a really special relationship with him. Like you were a guy that he could talk his highest level of football to. Um, and it's something that we've talked about, like, wasn't the case with every player uh and and sometimes that actually earlier in his career especially got Kyle in trouble uh it was mm-hmm. he would he would put too much on guys um and so I, I'm just curious like when the first time you know you were aware of Kyle first time you met him and, and what your initial impressions were and how that relationship grew over the years yeah I mean I don't want to say that he could talk his highest level of football with me because he talks football you know at the highest level I mean he's like I don't want to say he's one of one but he's probably one of like five guys in the entire world that can talk football at that level. You're talking like him, Andy Reid, maybe Sean McVay, you know, uh, Mike McDaniel, which is crazy to think about that they all kind of stem from the same tree. Um, You know, I've never met Kevin personally. I met him like at my son's football game once, but you know him better. Maybe he could be in that pantheon of people. But yeah, very, very smart dude. And um, I just, one of my most vivid memories of him is the first install I ever did where he sat down and we were kind of going over like day one install. It was in training camp or OTAs maybe. And he just kind of, I remember him meticulously going over every aspect of the defense, of our defense, right? Kind of saying, this is how they run their cover two. This is how they run their cover three. Out of a three by one, they're going to match. The middle linebacker is going to match like this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it just, and it, I just remember thinking like, he's like, man, he really studied this defense a lot this offseason to kind of get us ready. And then week one, it was the same thing. His understanding and his like attention to detail every single week for the opponent was just on another level. And like the way he studied and he kind of just grinded the tape to find and basically teach himself a defense in a week, it just was unparalleled. You know, he had a lot of resources and a lot of smart people around him. So I don't want to say it's all him, but 
just that level of kind of obsession about it was um was really cool and then like you didn't you know because he was the first oc that i ever had and so going from him and then going to sean you're kind of like oh all ocs are like this <laughs> right and then right. you go to some other places and you're like that's actually not true you know like and and I, I just again it just enhanced my level of respect for him and then to see him again kind of like take a little hiatus and then see him again in san francisco that was really cool too because it was like <clears throat> excuse me it was like to see him grow up and the way he communicated with the team uh was was fantastic and then again how he had just continued to mature in a football understanding was was just fantastic so you know like he's the reason like you know when i'm talking offensive football in a lot of ways like i look at it in a very specific way and he's the reason like undoubtedly he's the reason i look at it that way um i don't i was actually talking about this on the show yesterday or on uh on wednesday and we were talking about how wink martindale uh is really talented at, at what he does and part of the reason why is he like really understands protections offensively. Mm. And there's just not a lot of coaches like the coaches understand on a baseline level what's happening, but the level of detail that like a Wink Martindale does to be able to truly manipulate the rules of a protection to, to generate pressure. Because I was talking, actually, it wasn't even on the show. It was before the show. I was talking with Anthony, um, mm -hmm. you know, for those that don't listen to the Hoffman show regularly. First of all, shame on you. Second of all, uh, Anthony Haney, my producer. And uh, he's like, I was like, they blitzed a lot. And he's like, actually, they didn't blitz a lot. Like, I'm like, you're right. But they create a lot of pressure because Wink Martindale is, is an excellent pressure creator. Long story short, and how it relates to Kyle is, like, if Wink Martindale had to design protections and had to, like, all of a sudden fill in as an O-line coach one week, it feels like he could do it because yeah. he actually has that level of understanding. And there, that is actually pretty rare that a coach has that level of understanding of the other side of the ball. And it's interesting listening to you talk about this. Like, I actually wonder how good of a defensive coordinator Kyle could be. <laughs> Because he just has that next level understanding. So I guess in question form, like how common is that, that someone truly is an expert kind of in both sides of the ball, even if they apply their skills on one? It's very rare. You know, I think um, obviously there's a couple guys like Raheem Morris is a guy yeah. who's been able to kind of consistently switch sides of the ball. He's been a head coach. Very, very smart guy. And I think the, the best coaches that I've been exposed to, um, they really understand defenses. You know, uh, Frank Smith, the uh, OC in Miami now, was the tight end coach when I was in Chicago. And he was a guy that was like, when he coached O-line, he was meticulous about studying defensive line techniques. Like he was obsessive about it, obsessive about understanding pressure packages. And that's why he's kind of gone on this ascension is now an OC, right? He's gone from a tight end coach to an OC. And I think that is, um, again, like that is what it takes to be a really good coach in the NFL. And the person that I guess exemplifies that the most um, is Kyle. I mean, uh, Mike is excellent at that also. Mike McDaniel does a fantastic job with that. Um, and, but that's, again, I think they've kind of learned that from each other, you know, and that's one of the reasons why everyone says, why is Kyle's coaching tree so successful? And it's because they have this, this compulsion about the details and about finding edges and putting your guys in the best position to be successful. Like I watched, you know, the Seattle game and like, there were so many like Kyle specific calls in that game. And what I mean by that is like, Kyle's going to run outside zone. He's going to run keepers. He's going to run play pass. He's going to keep the O line out of drop back passing situations as much as possible. And then he's going to find four to five plays in a game where you just are not ready defensively and they just shatter every single rule that you have, right? There's a touchdown. Uh, Kittle's second touchdown in the game is um, it's out of uh, 21 personnel. They've got check in the backfield. They've got McCaffrey in the backfield. They run both of them to the left. And they've got the receiver and Kittle to the left also. So they've essentially made a four-by-one 
receiving surface for the defense. And you can just tell the will linebacker, you know, I was talking to Ron about this, is supposed to match the corner. But because you rarely see four by ones and you rarely see someone get to a four by one post snap that way, uh, the linebacker doesn't know what to do. And Kittle's wide open and runs for a touchdown. Obviously, Kittle does a lot of that work on his own in terms of making the safety miss. But in terms of creating a throw where the maybe the best receiving tight end in the NFL is open with no one within 20 yards of him, like that's Kyle. George's first touchdown is composed in a very similar way, right? McCaffrey has a, a huge long catch against the Miami Dolphins. Again, the composition is very similar in terms of game planning, breaking rules, challenging uh, the defense, right? So that's where Kyle is just excellent, right? You know, and I and I think, um, yeah, he's he's grown up in a football family, and football is very very important to him, and it shows up in terms of his preparation. And he is he is very unique, and I'm I count myself very very blessed to have learned from him, and you know, learning even just a fraction of his knowledge is 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 a really cool was was really special. How did his communication skills grow over the years? Yeah. That was kind of the criticism of him as a younger coach. It was like he was pretty gruff, uh, kind of hard yeah. to to get along with sometimes because he had such a high standard. And you know that is that is sometimes the torture of genius. And we've seen yeah. it. Um, you know, Michael Jordan famously was this way, where he just like didn't understand why other people wouldn't put in the work that he did right. and couldn't do what he did. And it's like, well, I I would just do this. Why why can't you do that? And it's like because I'm not Michael Jordan. Like mm. you are. Um, so how? And, and I think it's interesting you mentioned how uh there was kind of that distinctive leap that you mm -hmm. took a hiatus from him aka you went somewhere else um you know kyle ultimately brings you back uh, when he gets to san francisco so like how did his communication grow over the years and how do you think that's helped him be an effective head coach where he's now headed to the playoffs again well like there was this you know obviously i was a young player so my relationship to the staff is going to be different than when i'm in year seven and i think it's important to acknowledge that yeah. But I think the thing that stuck out to me was like he was so in his own head early on. Like you'd walk by him in the hallway and he wouldn't he wouldn't even acknowledge you. You know what I mean? Like you just like he was just thinking about I, I felt like he was thinking about football every time I saw him, you know, and he wouldn't and he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't go down to the team meals like he was he was obsessively. He was always in his office <clears throat> watching film. I think when I saw him, you know, in year seven, when he was in San Francisco, his first year in San Francisco, like he understood he kind of had grown and understood the importance of the, the relationship side of it a little bit more. Right. He understood like, Hey, you know what, what's up, Logan, how's your family or what's going on? And you know, that was a little bit outside of his comfort zone, but you could tell like, that's something Sean always had Sean McVay. Yeah. He was Sean's always very, super very personal on that stuff. Always very like remembers everybody's name. And that was something Kyle had to like work at and work on. And uh, you know, it was just cool to see that development, you know, and it kind of inspires you as a player to say like, always always be growing like always have that student mindset and that was something that he struggled with and the way he kind of coped with it i remember talking to him about it i said like you know what like what's the change he's like well i knew i was gonna have a hard time with it in the beginning um so i i i every and he and i'm remembering back like this is true every team meeting he's like i always centered it around film which is something that i was really comfortable talking about so i would kind of step back and let the film tell my story and i remember <clears throat> defensive guys sitting in the meeting with their mouths like gaping, just amazed at how how he knew the defenses, how he knew the rules, how he knew all this stuff. And again, that endears you to that population. And as he got more comfortable, he became that guy who could stand at the podium and be like, hey, you know, this is what we're doing this week and kind of embody what his dad was so good at as a head coach. So, um, yeah, that, that was really cool, man. It was just um, 
it, it's cool to see people grow. You know, it's cool to see people change, player, coach, whatever. And, um, you know, I've just been very fortunate to see, you know, not only Kyle, but Sean and Matt LaFleur is another one, you know, Dan, Mike McDaniels, uh, Frank Smith is another guy we just talked about um, who just have matured and what it takes to go from a good coach, a good position coach to a coordinator to a head coach. And that maturation has just been fantastic. And, um, you know, Kyle to me is a, just showed a different path to kind of get to that head coaching position. Uh, how do you think he's matured from like a football standpoint? What, mm -hmm. what is the thing that that's different maybe now about what he does with the game plan versus what he did, uh, you know, earlier in his career? So I think there was a little bit of like, uh, there was like a dogmatic approach to like the outside zone keeper play action pass off of outside zone stuff that they did. Like, that's like what we did. That's what you did. That's what we died by. That was our sword. And, um, and we were good at it and there, there's a, there's merit there. And then now I think when you look at what they do offensively, there's a lot more gap scheme stuff, a lot more kind of counter duo. They run quite a bit, which is something he was vehemently opposed to um, when I was playing with him my first stint in, uh, in in Washington, obviously. And so that maturation, I think um, he just – I think the other thing that he's been really cool about is just understanding positionless football. Kind of, you know, you're a big basketball guy, understanding like yeah. that getting guys that can do – getting a running back in Christian McCaffrey, everyone's like, why are you giving up so much draft capital? And I was one of those people. But then you see what he does for the offense, and he just like, he can play. You cannot match him the same way you can match a back. You got to match him like a receiver. Kyle Juszczyk is a tight end receiver, you know, fullback hybrid position, right? That can beat a linebacker one-on-one, -on -one, can beat a safety one-on-one, -on -one, right? And so understanding the flexibility that gives you and then being able to kind of express that position flexibility Debo Samuels is another guy that does an excellent job of that you just say to yourself like dang even their uh kind of third string receiver Jennings they use him at times like they would use a tight end and he's a big receiver he's 6'3 215 ish 220 pounds but you know getting the right kind of guy that lets you say hey as a receiver you're going to crack a defensive end you're going to crack a linebacker you're going to be in our run front and having a receiver that's smart enough to do that that's coaching but that's also understanding the way football is going, you know, the way that they, he, he thinks football is going and the way it allows his offense to develop. So that again, has it, been cool because, you know, you, to go, to go from a guy who kind of says like, this is the only thing that we need to do to now someone who says, Oh no, we can incorporate this. And, and knowing when to throw certain pitches and knowing when to throw certain punches, I think has been a really cool maturation to watch from him. Uh, last thing, I want to circle back to that when we get into our like more sure. specific offensive preview and the idea of scheme versus personnel um, and the fact that Kyle, who may be the best schemer in the entire NFL, is like, yeah, you know what makes my scheme work better? Really good football players like Christian McCaffrey. Um, but wrapping up the Logan Kyle tales, your favorite Kyle Shanahan story that you can tell on a podcast without getting either of you in trouble. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any... like, I, So... And I, I hope you'd be okay with me telling this. Like, so he's a guy that, and this is a story, this is going to sound like a bad story, but this is the thing that I absolutely respect most about him. He was so obsessed about football, he'd lose 15 or 20 pounds in a season. Like, he would forget to eat. That's how important it was to him, you know? And I just thought to myself, like, golly, like, do you want to be great at something? Like, you have to prioritize that 1,000%. And so people ask me, like, you know, why didn't I get into coaching? That's something we talked about before on the show. Yeah. And I don't want to coach <clears throat> unless I can coach like Kyle Shannon. 
a guy that just says this is the most important thing. This is like almost more important than living is is this. And that is a to find somebody and see someone with that type of passion and motivation and obsession is uh is cool. And that's something that I always have a ton of respect for him about. Yes, but also official stance of the Take Command podcast. Please eat. <laughs> Please eat. Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Kyle eat. and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, to eat your food. I'm not saying, but I, but I'm saying like, and he and but, he knows that. Yeah, but and, yeah, and he, it's something I think he's actually talked about. Um, yeah, and so where, like, like he's had to he's had to become a little less obsessive to balance family and to balance his 100%. own health and and you know that's that's a challenge though when you have that obsessive personality like he does and you're so good at it too because you know like you know it, it's it's hard because when you've spent the extra time and it's paid off you yeah. want to continue to spend the extra time but you also know in the long term it's only so sustainable right. and um it's something it's, that it's he's, like, like he's that, continued like, to find balance in it's like that warrior mentality it's like if you went all in on something gave right. every ounce of yourself to something like what's the result and i think right. like everyone talks about doing that everyone talks about it but no one actually does like even when i was playing i was pretty crazy but there was always a little bit of me left right that wasn't totally committed to football right there was always a little bit of space and i feel like kyle's one of those guys who's like no like let's just go for it and like that's something that is space yeah that we're like this is it this it's football and football or bust so that's something that i think is uh that i've always respected about him and a lot of people might think that's a weird story but i, I mean like i have a lot of respect for that like as someone who's just totally dialed in and like weaponized their mind towards a task yeah uh that that's a great way to put it Wep weaponize the mind um and it is Certainly done a lot of damage uh, to NFL, <laughs> NFL teams uh, this season.